Welcome to episode 40 of Everything Sports with Aman and Evan. I'm your host, Amanad Carney. And I'm your co-host, Evan Garber. And we talk about the hottest topics in sports over the course of the past week. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl between the Bengals and Rams coming up this weekend. And then the NBA trade deadline. There were a couple big trades, but... The one that stands out the most is obviously the Harden, Ben Simmons. Bulk of the NBA trade deadline will be that. And then we already talked about the McCullum and Blazer situation. And then Halliburton being traded to the Pacers. So it's going to be mainly Harden to the Sixers for Simmons. And then the Kristaps forcing his trade. Without further ado, before we start... Remember, we post at the start of the week on Monday and then at the end of the week on Friday. Now let's get it started with the Super Bowl segment. Evan, start us off with your thoughts on this year's Super Bowl. Yeah, well, actually, first, I want to say happy birthday to you, man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, so we'll start off with Super Bowl, obviously. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Uh, we heard we got the news today that Tyler Higby will be out, and that'll definitely hurt the Rams. But I still feel like their offense is way too good, and their defense is also is also really good as well. So I feel like they'll pull out the victory here. So you're picking the Rams. I'm honestly on the Bengals side. Like staying on the tight end situation, CJ Uzoma, some MCL injury he suffered in the last game. He is playing. Like, the past week, he said he's been playing. And as of now, an hour ago, it was reported he's questionable, but Zach Taylor expects him to play in the Super Bowl. I'm choosing the Bengals on this one. They've been underdogs throughout the playoffs and throughout the season, really. And Rams with Stafford, there were was a lot of pressure on them to deliver a Super Bowl, especially signing Odell Beckham Jr. and Vaughn Miller during the season. So there's honestly no excuse for the Rams because as people are saying, the Rams are playing Madden in real life. Like they're signing top of the top talent. They had Cooper Cup who exploded. Now Matthew Stafford, now Odell Beckham Jr. And then on the defense, Jalen Ramsey here and Donald Vaughn Miller. They're monstrous on both sides of the ball, so they just have to continue to stay consistent because, like the Chiefs game, the Chiefs had, I believe, a 21-3 lead against the Bengals, and they let it slide, but the Bengals need to stay consistent because they've been inconsistent at times, and when you're inconsistent at the Super Bowl, then that could really cost you. Because if you go down, uh, if you have a large deficit and you're trailing the whole game and you're trying to catch up and your offense or defense clicks towards the end of the game, then it's going to be too much too late. So I think Bengals have to stay more consistent. And who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl MVP, Evan? Yeah, so like I was talking about, um, the Rams' defense is going to be really, really strong, Um, especially with that Bengals' O-line when it's been struggling. 
especially against the Titans that one game. Um, so Aaron Donald's definitely going to get probably a couple sacks. But I think the MVP is going to go to Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I really think that um, the Bengals are going to double-team Cup as much as they can. And that'll leave OBJ open most of the time. So I feel like Stafford's going to rely on him. Uh, and he'll probably get a good amount of yardage, probably expecting 150 out of him. Um, and then probably a couple touchdowns too. Let's see. I said the Bengals would win. You chose a receiver. Um, see, the thing is, it's tough because when quarterbacks have a massive game in the Super Bowl, like say Burrow to somehow throws for like 400 plus yards, Jamar Chase gets maybe like 150 and like one or two touchdowns. I still think the MVP, they give it to the quarterback. Similar to how the regular season MVP has just been a quarterback award. And, I mean, Julian Edelman won that MVP playing with Brady in the Super Bowl. So, I'm tempted to go Jamar Chase, but I think it's going to be Joe Burrow. And I think it's going to be an amazing story for Cincinnati. Went like 2-14 and and then 6-10 and and then all of a sudden a Super Bowl. So, I mean... I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. We, other than a couple wildcard games, we've been so entertained just as NFL fans with the amount of close games we've gotten every time, just one possession games, just back and forth throughout the game. And then in the Bengals case, case catching up from 21-3 down to advance to the Super Bowl. So, And despite Joe Burrow getting sacked nine times against Tennessee, like, it might take a toll on Joe Burrow's body, but the man can do everything. He also avoided an insane sack against the Chiefs. So how entertaining do you think this game is going to be? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really entertaining game. Uh, I think it'll be close to the wire. Um, I think the Rams might get off to a little bit of a head start. Um, they're more experienced team, obviously. So I feel like that'll give them a little bit of an edge at the beginning. But I think Burrow and Chase and them will finally settle down and then they'll uh, make close until the end. Yeah, so that's the part of me saying too much, too late, sort of. I think that's how – yeah, exactly. Too much, too late. I know people have heard of too much, too soon. But if you start clicking – later than you're supposed to then that's what Evan's talking about like these teams cannot slip if the Bengals defense for example forces a three and out on the Rams the Rams defense has to get a three and out if the Bengals score a field goal the Rams need to match it with the field goal or touchdown so I think it needs to go back and forth because any slippage in these Super Bowls like I feel like these past Super Bowls have given us so many defining plays. Like that Seahawks Super Bowl, there were so many. Like Jermaine Curse's catch and then obviously Russell Wilson throwing an interception at the two-yard line despite having Marshawn Lynch. And then Julian Edelman's catch against the Falcons, the 28-3 Super Bowl. Like there's been so many defining moments. And players who you might not have heard of stepping up like Malcolm Butler I think 
I heard somewhere that he wasn't even supposed to be in the game on that play, but he still was and got the pick of the game, got the play of his career, actually. So so many random players step up in the Super Bowl, and sometimes that's what it takes. And what do you think the Rams need to do to potentially match this firepower Bengals offense? I think the Rams... They just got to establish the run game early, I feel like. Play the run game, now that they have Daryl Henderson back, I feel like I feel like it's going to be a really important part of their game. Um, you don't want to get the ball to Joe Burrow as much as you can. And then, obviously, just keep doing what they're doing um, in the passing game. Uh, Cup's been a beast. He's going to still be a beast this game. But OBJ is going to have to step up a little bit. Um, Cup's going to be t- guarded tight, so it's going to be OBJ's game to lose. I agree. Definitely. So, I mean, as for the Bengals, like Evan said, they're going to be doubling Cooper Cup. They want Cooper Cup not to have the ball. So, if Odell Beckham Jr. steps up, the Rams are without Tyler Higby. So, in some sense, their passing attack is limited. You obviously, Trey Hendrickson needs to get to Matthew Stafford as much as possible. The Bengals need to be like the Titans' defense against them but they just have to win the game because the Titans got nine sacks on the quarterback and you still lose I don't know how that can happen so Joe Burrow needs to be consistent the defense every part of the team including special teams just has to be consistent because Evan I know you and I know I know all NFL fans know the Packers Niners game that we saw the Niners special teams played one of the best special teams game I have seen in a while. So every facet of the team has to play consistently for the team to win. Because if one part is slipping or not doing well, then that could be the defining moment of the Super Bowl. So what are your final thoughts on this potentially crazy Super Bowl we could be witnessing on Sunday? Yeah, so I just want to add actually a little more to what you're saying about the special teams. Uh, I feel like since how good uh, McPherson's been, I feel like that's going to be an important part of the game, actually. Um, there will be probably be a good amount of times where the Bengals are uh, in Ram territory, but they're still pretty far back. And McPherson's leg will be, um, be really important to get him some, th- get him some points on the board. Um yeah, so I feel like that's going to be really important. But it's still, yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Um, I'm really hoping it will be. Um, yeah, I really want to see Joe Burrow win, but I feel like the Rams have it in the bag. Actually, I think the Bengals. So I'm on the Bengals side here on the Rams side. We'll see what happens, man. There's been so many back and forths every time but without further ado we have got crazy NBA trade downline to talk about obviously James Harden to the Sixers but I mean all other trades have been great for teams like the Charlotte Hornets getting Hero for example that's a great piece for them but I feel like the big trade is Porzingis, Wizards, Harden, Sixers, McCollum to New Orleans, 
and then the Pacers Kings trade. We've already talked about two of them. So now Dallas Mavericks trade Porzingis to the Washington Wizards. Dallas gets Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Washington gets obviously Kristaps Porzingis and a second round pick. Evan, did you honestly see this coming? Because I sure didn't. No, I didn't at all. I mean, first um, from Shams, I saw Spencer Dinwiddie going to the uh, Mavericks. I was like, wow, that's a really good addition for them. I didn't think they were giving give up much, maybe like Brunson or something and pick or something like that. But then I saw Porzingis. I was like, what the heck? I did not see it coming at all. I don't, I don't really understand why they traded Porzingis. Nor do I do. I think there were reportedly rifts between them two, but it seemed like Porzingis was fine once Carlisle got hired by Indiana. And uh, Luca, I think, needs spacers. And Jason Kidd was saying Luca could be the lone star on the team and they could still win a championship. Luca clearly needs floor spacers. And can I just say, I, you can chime in here, Evan, and voice your thoughts about Porzingis. I don't think he really fit with the Mavericks because his spacing was terrible. He would take away shots for Luca, and he is a seven foot center. It's fine if he shoots threes, but I think it was against the Clippers in the playoffs. They got a steal, and the guy, instead of running and cutting to get an open alley-oop dunk off of a steal, he just stops and takes a pull-up three and shanks it. And I think he really lacks in rebounding. I don't know if it's the Maverick system. We'll see what he does uh, in Washington. But, man. I don't think he fit in Dallas at all. We'll see what happens in Washington. So what were your thoughts about um, what were your thoughts about Mavericks in Dallas for whatever amount of years he was there for? Yeah, I I thought he was pretty solid with the Mavericks. Uh, I liked him better when he was on the Knicks. I feel like that was a better fit for him. Um, but I feel like he can he possibly could fit on on the Wizards, uh, it'll be kind of tough with Bradley Beal being such a ball-dominant guy. Porzingis sort of needs the ball in his hands a little bit too. But since he's not like a Jokic point guard type guy, I feel like he can play off the ball enough. But yeah, I agree that lack of inside sh- shooting um, and a lack of rebounding, I think that'll hurt them a little bit. Uh, I don't think the... They did get the trade for Harold though too, so that... Yeah. Oh, wait, what am I saying? They traded away here. So, yeah, so I don't I don't really think yeah, I don't understand. They don't think the rebounding is gonna be there for the team. Um so I just they're just gonna be like the Nets and try to put as many points as they can. Yeah, but I do have to say though, Kyle Kuzma is someone who stepped it up this season, I feel like. Yeah, he's been absolutely amazing. Uh I don't think anyone saw this coming. I mean, we saw flashes. Uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah, we saw flashes that he can be a good player, but nobody thought this level. Yeah, so we'll see how he plays next to Porzingis. I'm very intrigued by Porzingis Beal duo. But I mean, I said this when Porzingis got traded to Dallas. I said Dallas was going to be a 
dangerous team four or five years from now because I genuinely thought Porzingis and Luka would work. But now Luka, he's favorite for MVP every season. But on the day Porzingis gets traded, the man drops 51 points. I don't know what else can scream that this guy needs floor spacers. Like, man, man got a career high yesterday. It was special to watch, but any last thoughts on this trade? Because I didn't expect it like you. Yeah, I mean, like you said, spacing is going to be impo- is important for Luca, and I feel like they sort of got that out of the pieces in Dinwiddie and Bertans, but I just don't understand it contractually. I mean, sure you give up Porzingis, but you get to not so good contracts, so it'll be interesting to see what they do in off season. Just like you too, I thought it would be Brunson and picks too, and then you're like Porzingis, and I was like, what? But the much-anticipated part of the NBA trade deadline segment is here, and honestly, since I heard about this trade, I just could not wait to talk about this. The Brooklyn Nets are trading James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons. That is not all. Those are obviously the main players of the trade. So Philadelphia receives James Harden and Paul Millsap, and the Brooklyn Nets receive Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, 2022 first-round pick unprotected, and a protected 2027 first-round pick. Evan, the floor is yours. Yeah, so I actually, I really, really like the trade for the Nets. Um, if everything is true about the, um, about the tensions between James Harden and the rest of the team, uh, I feel like they got a really, really good package in return. Um, you get the really good defense and playmaking from Ben Simmons, which they've been lacking. And then you get two pretty solid bench pieces. Um, and now that's a pretty scary team. And the starting lineup is really scary. Actually. Wow, I didn't actually know that. But even then, when healthy, the Nets are very scary. They got Kyrie. Kyrie needs to get vaccinated, but that's another topic for another day. Because if we talk about it, it's going to be another like hour long episode. But Kyrie Irving at point guard, Seth Curry at shooting guard, Kevin Durant small forward, Ben Simmons power forward, and Lamarcus Aldridge at center. This is. Scary Nets team, but continue with your thoughts. Yeah, but like I said, that with the starting lineup that you have, that moves Patty Mills to the bench, and then you have Patty Mills and Andre Drummond on the bench, that's not bad at all, um, especially it's way better than what they had before. And then for the Sixers, uh, I still like the trade too for them. Um, obviously, you get James Harden, but it's going to be interesting to see uh, how two ball-dominant guys play together. And I think they were just looking at the pick-and-roll aspect because Jimmy Butler was that guy for them. And I honestly think if they let Tobias Harris walk and then just give the max to Al Horford and kept Jimmy Butler, Sixers maybe could have won a ring. Like, they lost to the Toronto Raptors when Ky- Kawhi Leonard the ball bounced like four times on a shot on the rim, I think, and then went in. 
So they were so close with Jimmy Butler. I was surprised they didn't run it back and re-sign J.J. Redick for that matter. So I think they were just looking at that aspect. But I agree, two ball-dominant players it could create problems. So definitely that to watch out for. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think I think both teams are pretty heavy contenders now. Um, I I personally think that the Nets more so. Um, although the Sixers may have the better starting lineup, uh, I still think that the depth of the Nets now is going to uh, play an important factor. And I still got KD and Kyrie, who are two absolute beasts. See, so. I agree with you, and now here's where I stand. I don't think any team really lost the trade because Philadelphia has got their guy. Daryl Morey couldn't trade for Harden when he was in Houston, and now he does it when he's in Brooklyn, but like you said, Brooklyn got the pieces that they're lacking. Seth Curry just makes them more scary offensively because even Patty Mills, for that matter, he's been shooting really well. Andre Drummond can get 20 rebounds on any given night. He can block shots. And then Ben Simmons, everyone clowns him and makes fun of him for his offense, but then his defense is elite. And then that's what the Nets needed. So they addressed their needs, even got two extra first-round picks, unprotected this year too. And then James Harden for Philly. Got their guy, Paul Millsap. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I guess another piece to play behind Joel Embiid because I know they like a good rebounder to back up Embiid. So the Sixers got their guy. And I'm not going to take Nets seriously as contenders. And I told you this, Kyrie Irving needs to get vaccinated until we can truly judge the Brooklyn Nets. Because we see all these pictures about, oh, this starting five is scary. This team is scary. This and that constantly. But Kyrie is only playing away games. And how soon is Ben Simmons going to play? Because as of now, the Brooklyn Nets are eighth in the East and they're on a 10-game losing streak, guys. A 10-game losing streak. And if Ben Simmons plays immediately, then you put up this whole mental health facade and it's going to honestly be sad. And I don't think he's lying, though. And I was watching First Take. Apparently, Stephen A. Smith said James Harden was faking his injury just to get out of Brooklyn. So we'll see because there's reports that James Harden might actually play in a few days for the Sixers. So. We'll see when James Harden plays. We'll definitely keep an eye on when Ben Simmons will play because if the mental health issues are true, then I hope he gets better. So I honestly can't decide. If I had to choose, I'd say the Brooklyn Nets barely won this trade because I like their team more positionally and structurally than the Sixers, but I think the Sixers are now the team to beat in the East. What do you think? Yeah, uh... I think I agree with you. Um, they're really scary right now. Um, like you said, Joel Embiid is your MVP. He's playing at MVP level. And then you add James Harden. Like, that's just not fair. Exactly. But I mean, with two ball-dominant players, it sometimes doesn't work, like Harden and Westbrook. But the only difference is Embiid is a center and Westbrook isn't, so... 
Yeah, well, and you got to believe that uh, Embiid played a role in this. He probably uh, accepted um, that James Harden is coming to the team. So he probably knows that he has to take a step back um, off the ball a little bit. So I think they'll work it out. That is true. And we'll see what happens because this just turned the whole NBA season around. Like, I thought the reports were fake about James Harden because Steve Nash came out like saying, like, we got the best chance to win with James. We're not trading James. We're keeping James. He feels happy in Brooklyn. And then the trade happens, like, Honestly, this NBA trade deadline had many small trades and then just big deals, like no in-betweens. Like, this is definitely going to change the NBA season and maybe the NBA for the next few years, man. Honestly, crazy. Now, now all the storylines are about Damian Lillard. Could we see him moved in the offseason for, like, picks and star players or can we see a move the next year's trade deadline you never know what happens on nba trade deadlines and it's just sports deadlines in general when it comes to trading players because man they are always surprising every year but those are the two trades we're going to cover for the nba trade deadline not much else out of there if you want to hear our cj mccullum and uh Kings Pacers trade, then that's the last episode. But this is it for the trade deadline segment and the episode. Remember, we post on Monday at the start of the week and on Friday at the end of the week. Have a great weekend and enjoy the Super Bowl.